Welcome to the SDA Housing Podcast, brought to you by NDIS Property Australia. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hello, my name is Debbie from NDIS Property Australia, and you're listening to the SDA Housing Podcast, a show that explains, highlights, guides, and brings awareness about all things SDA in this ever-changing NDIS world. This is our monthly SDA Unlocked episode, where we delve into the supply and demand data for specialist disability accommodation in different areas around Australia. Now, as we hinted at in a recent podcast episode, we're going to be talking about Sydney SDA opportunities and looking specifically today into some of the data that is part of the research we do in terms of where we're looking at finding developments and projects to work with a bunch of stakeholders that we're now connecting with in Sydney. So I did talk in our recent episode a little bit about sort of some of those areas that we're looking at and the reasoning that has gone into focusing in these areas. I just wanted to, in this episode, go into a little bit more detail about the the demand, where the gaps are and what's um, something we've really noticed in Sydney to compensate for the very high cost of developing SDA is some really high location factors that ultimately will significantly increase the returns that you get, the income paid for the funding for people moving into properties in that area or those areas. So, I'll start with the reasoning behind those location factors. Um, In the new price review that was undertaken a few months ago, that was released a few months ago, um, the location factors were also reviewed. The NDIA review panel took a look at a lot of different factors, but mainly, I guess, determining with regards to location factors, the all the different aspects that went into determining the cost of developing in those specific areas. The drawback that we see is that they're only based on the SA4 regions, being the much larger population centres that can vary quite significantly from suburb to suburb within those areas. So it is broad. It's not a perfect system, but for now, it's all that we have. But some of these areas in Sydney, we know are incredibly expensive to purchase you know, land or, or properties. The highest location factor, which I guess is reflecting where the land is the most expensive, is without no surprise, the Sydney City and Inner South SA4. Now that encompasses several different SA3s, Botany, Marrickville, Sydenham, Petersham and Sydney Inner City. Now what I've done in looking at these areas that have the highest location factors, I've also looked at within those in within those SA3s 
the demand versus the supply. I've taken into account the potential pipeline dwellings and number of places, as well as how many properties are enrolled that are existing older style properties that are legacy properties that are group home properties and and made a determination based on that on what the gap is where the gaps are in those locations with the highest location factors that also have the the greatest demand, long-term demand. Um, If we look at the existing properties, uh, we know a lot of those aren't fit for purpose and will need to be replaced, a lot of them, over time. And legacy properties we know will be defunded within the next few years in Sydney. So there's a lot of people living in those types of properties. They're also living in group homes that, whilst they may be new build, are also probably not the most preferred type of home for many participants, and they may well prefer to move into something, and this is regardless of funding or not, or obviously that does have quite a significant input into where they can and can't move, but with the funding levels changing so much recently, it just opens up the whole option for people to potentially move into smaller homes with less tenants than they're currently residing in. So we're looking at where there's potentially going to be movement, I guess, from legacy, from existing, from group homes into two single tenant, two tenant and three tenant homes. So, having said that, back to the SA4 city and inner south with the largest location factor, the area with the largest gap is the Botany area that encompasses the suburbs of East Lakes, Banks Meadow, Botany, Mascot, Daceyville, Pagewood, Hillsdale. Now, we're looking at approximately what I'm determining about 45 places needed to be developed in that area. So it's, you know, it's not a large area. That botany, it does have a population, an NDIS population of about 2,400 participants. And we've currently got 49, a total of, sorry, 61 SDA funded participants of whom 12 are currently seeking a home. So if we're looking at 12 are seeking, but looking at the fact that we've got a, a lot of people in group homes and legacy homes, there's potentially going to be 45 places needed. Majority of new builds I've looked at, they are either in improved livability units or improved livability group homes. So that's also telling us that we maybe need some development in high physical support, robust type properties, So as well as two tenant rather than the group homes or the apartments, so two and three tenant houses. And knowing that the preferred type of dwelling by participants and a lot of providers is a two-tenant dwelling, this is over and above those people that do want to live on their own, then that's where we're estimating that probably two-tenant houses or villas, HPS and robust, I'd say that's what's needed in those areas. The location factor, I mentioned it, but what actually is it? In this area, it is 1.95. So it's almost doubling the income for a house with a two or three resident funding 
that has been registered for two or three residents. For villas, for three residents, it's 1.91. For villas with two residents, it's 1.75. So those are pretty significant location factors. So if it's going to cost you up in the millions of dollars to develop these properties, you are going to be compensated. There's a demand there, we know, and and the income there is high enough to compensate for the development. So if you're looking for a really great area to get into and and you do have that kind of a budget, then that is certainly an area to consider. Obviously, there's no real vacant land. We'd be looking at doing knockdown rebuilds. So that is the first area I really wanted to discuss in Sydney. The second SA4 region is the Sydney Eastern Suburbs. Again, as you would imagine, one of the most expensive parts of Sydney, probably the most expensive part of Sydney, and again, very high location factors. The SA3 area with the big, biggest gap is the eastern suburbs south. We're looking at around about, again, 2,400 SDA participants, sorry, NDIS participants in the area, and we've got 82 SDA-funded participants. And a potential gap there, again, taking into account the number of places in group homes and legacy homes, we've potentially got 69 places in SDA new build dwellings required, currently 15 participants seeking. Again, the majority of new builds in the area are improved livability units and group homes, so much the same as in the Botany area. So as a similar analysis of that, I would say, again, we probably need two, three dwelling houses and villas for high physical support and robust participants. And just to go over the suburbs involved, we're talking about, again, extremely expensive suburbs, but again, very high location factors to compensate. We're talking about Bondi, Dover Heights, Tamarema, Vaucluse and Watsons Bay. 1.92 is the location factor for two or three resident houses. 1.89 for a three resident villa, 1.72 for a two resident villa. So very close behind the Botany area, really good returns there if anyone is looking to develop SDA in that area. Now the location factors actually drop down quite a bit from those two areas. The next highest location factors are found in the Sydney Inner West SA4. And of that SA4, the area with the biggest, the SA3 area with the biggest demand and the biggest gap is the Strathfield, Burwood, Ashfield, SA3. So that is the suburbs of Ashfield, Canterbury North and Strathfield. We have a location factor for two and three resident houses of 1.48. So it's certainly not up in the 1.9s, but you're still getting 50% more. So that is still a significant boost to the income. For a three-bedroom villa, 1.45, and a two-bedroom villa, 1.37. So back to the actual data in this area, we've got a estimated NDI's population, again, around 2,400, and we have 126 SDA-funded participants, 15 of whom are currently seeking a dwelling. This time, a little bit different in the current 
new build development, it's HPS, units and villas. We've got a gap of potentially 65 places required because a lot is already in the high physical support dwelling design type. Could potentially have a gap for robust dwellings and some ILFA dwellings. So I'd say some IL units and houses and some robust villas and houses would be potentially a good option in those areas. Also, along with two resident and three resident, but mainly two resident houses for any design type, really. So that is the third area. I've got two more areas to talk about, so I'll move on to the fourth one, being the Sydney Northern Beaches SA4. And within that area, we are looking at the SA3 area of Warringah having the biggest gap. Again, around about 2,500 NDIS participants, currently 215 SDA-funded participants in the area, and 82 are currently seeking. By the looks of it, taking into account um, what is a large number of legacy and group homes, potentially about 160 places are needed to be developed in new build. The current New build dwellings are predominantly group homes of FA and HPS design category. So, again, we're looking at apartments and villas and smaller home houses for two and three residents that are needed there. And again, robust, improved livability, high physical support. So, that's that's sort of an area where I see there's gaps for pretty much anything other than group homes which we don't like anyway. So apartments, villas, houses. Those suburbs, there's actually a lot of suburbs that fall into this area and they include Lambie Heights, Beacon Hill, Brookvale, Cromer, DY, French's Forest, Manly Vale, Narrabeen, North Curl Curl and Oxford Falls. The location factors, um, they have dropped out a little bit, but they're still good. So two and three resident house location factor is 1.32. Three resident villa is 1.3. Two resident villa is 1.25. So that is still a considerable boost to the SDA income on funded residents in that location. The final area I want to talk about was actually the SA4 of Sydney, North Sydney and Hornsby. The SA3 area in that larger SA4 that has the highest gaps that we are looking at is in the Hornsby-Kuringai. Yeah, maybe the Hornsby area. Hornsby and Kuringai, but we'll just concentrate on the Hornsby area, which covers the suburbs of Asquith, Barara, Brooklyn, Cowan, Hornsby, Mount Cola, Normanhurst, Thornley, Wurrungah West, Waitara and Westley. We have a, an NDI's population there of a bit under 2,000 and SDA-funded participants, 144 of whom 32 are currently seeking a dwelling. We are looking at a potential gap of places in the area of around about 88. The current new builds are split this time into high physical support units and robust villas. So looking at that, we 
would analyse that we probably need some improved livability apartments and houses and also some houses for high physical support. So that would cover where those gaps probably are in the area. Now, that was the last area I'm talking about, but I haven't mentioned the location factors for Hornsby. Whilst lower than the others, they're still good. Two and three resident houses, 1.26. Three resident villa, 1.25. Two resident villa, 1.21. So we're still talking about 1.2 plus location factors for everywhere that I've mentioned just up until now. And that is a significant boost to any SDA incomes coming in there. There are other areas that have still got really huge gaps in the supply and are just not meeting demand in Sydney. And they've still got good location factors. They're still above 1.1 across the board. Those other areas that have got good location factors and good gaps are the Sydney Ride area, the Sydney Sutherland area, Sydney Inner Southwest and the Sydney Parramatta. And those are the SA falls I'm talking about. So we also have gone into the data on those. I'm not going to go into that today. But just to give you an idea that we are actively looking in depth at uh, the NDIA data, this all this information has been taken directly off the quarterly reports that the NDIA put out. We're actually waiting on the next issue, which hopefully will come out within the next couple of weeks. From every three months, it doesn't vary massively, and we know that there's not a great deal of development happening in city at the moment. So I would imagine that the figures weren't won't be a great deal different. If anything, maybe there'll be more demand being shown. But this is really just leading into the fact that we are expecting to have a lot of opportunities that are going to be coming up in the future in the Sydney area. And to that note, I wanted to also just mention that we do have a webinar coming up. If anybody is interested in finding out more about what potential developments and opportunities we might have happening in Sydney, then join us on the 20th of November, that's a Monday, for a webinar being held at 12.30 Brisbane time. So that'll be 1.30 in the southern eastern states. And we will be discussing all different aspects of the data, of the demand, uh, predominantly of the opportunities. That's going to be Min and myself from the office. And we're also going to have special guest speaker, Brad Fuller, who's an SDA provider, will be joining us as well to talk about the opportunities from a provider perspective, which is obviously a really crucial part of the puzzle. So I think that wraps up my overview of the Sydney data. Obviously, it's a very large, it's a largest city in Australia and there is so much more to be looked into here and we can't possibly do that on a on a short um, episode. I don't want to bore you with the numbers but yeah let's just say that Sydney really has kind of been left behind a bit simply because of the cost of developing SDA and and the fact that it really is hard to to find suitable locations in the areas where it's really needed. But uh, hopefully we're going to be able to address that and change that a little. So please do register for the webinar. The link for that will be in the episode description. So you can sign up and look forward to seeing you on that webinar Monday, the 20th of November, where we'll be talking about all this in a lot more detail. 
So until then, thank you for listening. Hope you got something out of this episode and see you on the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you are subscribed and following us so you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and just share this podcast with those that could benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.